0: going to be the new thing amen this was an awesome trip it's like every single time we we go there god does something new and uh remember the first trip we didn't know what we were doing we still don't know what we're doing but first trip we really didn't know Then second trip it was kind of awkward talking to them it's like you know what kind of christians are you guys what kind of christians are we we're trying to figure each other out and then and by the end of that trip, we're like, oh, I don't want to go home. I want to talk to their pastor. He's so amazing. And then the next trip, get closer. And then this trip, it's crazy what uh, what God can do. Amen. Okay, I wanted to uh, uh, share something that I uh, shared a little bit about there during a seminar in Mexico. And I want to talk about uh, Moses and Joshua. And uh, this message is just a very simple title, just Be Strong and Courageous. And uh, I want to look at the lives of these two men of God and uh, just analyze their lives a little bit. See, if we can open up to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31. Deuteronomy 31, and we're going to read verses 6 and 7, and this is pretty much when, uh, this is right before Moses is about to uh, die and go to heaven, and pretty much God tells Moses that Joshua will be the next leader of the people of Israel, and these are the words of Moses to Joshua, verses 6 and 7, he says, be strong. And courageous. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage, or be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. So it's interesting, he's saying, Be strong and courageous, and you will leave these people, and you shall cause them to inherit it. So pretty much he's saying uh, to Joshua, he's saying, you will be the reason that they enter into the land. He's saying, you are the reason that they are inheriting that promise that I gave, the, gave to them through uh, even through that promise that I made with Abraham. Saying, you are the reason. And I remember I was, I was thinking about this. We were talking about this and and I started wondering, why is 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 uh why would Moses say this as as his you know this is like the most important words that he has he only has a few moments left on earth and in pretty much he's he's giving to Joshua what he believes is the most important thing and what is the key that that he needs to have so that the people of Israel can inherit the promised land and he says be strong and courageous and I started thinking why is he saying these these two things with these two qualities and 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 you kind of start remembering the life of Moses and the decisions that he made and and you start realizing that the reason that he says these two words is because somewhere out of the out of the the yearning in his heart he understands that this is why he was not able to take the people of Israel into the land he understands that this is what he himself was missing and and th- this stopped the people of is or this stopped him from taking the people of Israel into the land. And he, it's like he under- understood that finally, as he's about to die, he understood where his mistake was. He understood what he was missing, and he's telling Joshua, Joshua, make sure that you have these qualities because you need them to take the people of Israel into the Promised Land. And and uh, let's see in verse in same chapter in verse twenty three. And then, and then he inaugurated Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and of good courage, for you shall bring the children of Israel into the land of which I swore to them, and I will be with you. This is already God speaking through Moses. It's just like prophesying. He's saying, which I swore to them, and I will be with you. And, and God tells him that same thing. He says, be strong and courageous. Those two words, be strong and courageous. And if we look at the life of Moses, if we looked at the... At the things that he did, he, he was an amazing man of God. He it says it says uh, towards the end of Deuteronomy, I believe it says that there's never been a prophet like him in the, in the history of of mankind. There's never been another prophet like him. You know, there was Elijah, there was Nehemiah, there there was Daniel. There was a lot of great prophets, but there's nobody like Moses. And and like we know, all men that we have in the Bible are, are all people we look up to, but nobody is perfect except for Jesus. And and we see strength in, in these men of God, but they also all have a weakness or they all have something that they weren't perfect in. And we look at Moses, even if we go back to the, uh, just to the very beginning of, of the book of Exodus. In Exodus chapter 2. This is uh, Moses as he's... Living in the palace, you know, we all know the story of Moses. We're in church. You guys should know the story of Moses. If you don't know the story of Moses, then when you get home, read Exodus 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. And up until the end. Thank you. Exodus chapter 2. In, the, in uh, verse 11, it says, Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burden." burdens and he saw an egyptian beating a hebrew one of his brethren so he looked this way and that way and when he saw nobody he killed the egyptian and hit him in the sand and then we know the story something else happens and somebody says oh what Moses are you just going to kill me like you killed that one egyptian and he runs away running away from a situation is not something that a man of courage does a man of strength and courage when he sees a problem he stands his ground and he fights and he goes against it. He doesn't run away. He doesn't escape the situation. So this is just a small moment that we see where where we see that, you know, Moses was lacking something. He was, you know, it's like he's living in Pharaoh's palace. You know, he could have said something. He could have done something amazing just being there in that position that God's given him, but instead he runs away from the issue. He runs away from the problem. He tries to avoid it. In Exodus chapter four, when God's talking to him through the or sorry, in chapter three, when God's talking to him through the burning bush, and God's saying, Moses, I I have chosen you. You're gonna go back to Egypt and you're gonna speak to Pharaoh. You're gonna tell him to let uh, let my people go, and he's not gonna listen to you, but you have to keep going, and then I'll do all these signs and wonders, and I'll do all these amazing things through that staff that's in your hand. You're gonna put your hand in your shirt and take it out and it's gonna be all ugly, and then you're gonna put it back and it's gonna be normal, and I'm gonna do all these amazing things through you. But you have to go and you have to talk to Pharaoh, and then This is the burning bush. It's in uh, chapters 3 and 4. And then in chapter 4 in verse 10, Moses says, O Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And then God says, I have created your tongue and I've created your speech. I know what you're capable of doing. I know that you are able to go talk to Pharaoh, and Moses again says, "No, God, I can't do it. Please send so- somebody else. I can't do it." And, God, and says God was angry, and he says, "Go get Aaron, your brother. He's going to pretty much all talk through him." We see another moment where, where Moses made a big mistake, in my opinion. God specifically gave him a task. God showed him clearly what his will was for, for Moses. He showed him clearly what it was. Moses pushed it away and said, "God, I don't I don't want it like that." And because of that, we see that Aaron was was placed in this position that wasn't originally God's perfect will. God's perfect will was for Moses to go alone and to speak to Pharaoh alone and to always be there as the head of Israel alone. But because Moses was disobedient, God had to go to plan B, which was Aaron. And we know the sto- and we know Aaron was very great man of God too, but he was not a head priest. He made decisions that a head priest should not make. We know what happened when Moses goes up the mountain for forty days, and and all the people of Israel start freaking uh, freaking out. And they're like, "Where's Moses? We don't know what's going on. We we don't we don't know what, what's happening. We we don't, we don't know what this is." And Aaron's like, "Okay, give me all your gold. I'm gonna form the god that brought us out of Egypt." And he makes a golden cow, and you know Moses comes down. And like Dennis likes to say, Moses comes down and he's like, holy cow. And, and, and they see this cow and, and Moses is like, Aaron, what did you do? And he's like, I don't know. I just, the people forced me to take all the gold from them. And I just threw the gold in the fire and this cow came out. You guys can read it. It's, it's worded like that pretty much. And that's not something that the head priest does. Aaron was placed in a position that wasn't designed for him. He was just filling in when Moses wasn't able to do what he was supposed to do. And that was a big mistake that Israel made because of that little decision that Moses made back in the desert when he was talking to the burning bush. And, and if we remember in that same story, when Moses goes up the mountain for 40 days, it wasn't Aaron that went up with him and waited there for 40 days. It was Joshua that went up that mountain as far as he possibly could, and he just stood there faithfully waiting for Moses. Even on that 39th day, when, when he, you're in a desert, you don't have food, you don't have anything to drink. Joshua's just standing there and he's like, I know Moses is going to come back. I know Moses is going to come back and God's going to speak to us. Because that's what, that's what he said he would do. And God is faithful to his word. If he said he'll come back, then he'll come back. He was just standing there faithfully. He was waiting. In Exodus chapter 5, Moses, Moses goes and, and he talks to Pharaoh. In chapter 5, verse 23, this is after he, they, him and Aaron go up to Pharaoh and they talk to him for the first time. Then it says, So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. Moses had doubts. Even if we look back to the words that God said when he was speaking through the burning bush. He said, Moses, you're going to go, and he's not going to listen to you. He, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's very rare that God gives somebody such a clear path of everything exactly the way it's going to happen. Maybe this is why he doesn't do it, because it doesn't work out very well. But he says, you will go and you will talk to him, but he won't listen to you. And then, then he's like, Moses, I mean, God, Pharaoh's not listening to me. And God's like, Moses, I told you he's not going to listen to you. You have to go again. And he's like, now the people of Israel hate me. Now this, now this, now this. And it's the same thing. It's like he didn't have this strength inside of him. It's like he, it's like he was missing something inside of him. He has so much good. He was, has so much humility. It says the Bible says he was the most humble man to walk on the earth. But he, it's like he was missing some kind of inner strength. He was missing something. When 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 something went wrong, it's like his arms fell down right away, and he's like, God, it's not working again. He didn't have something inside of him that kept driving him forward, that kept pushing forward, that kept him going. You know, he didn't have that strength that, that later on he, he he tells Joshua to have. You know, Joshua, he was in a similar situation when they were walking around the When they were walking around the city of uh, or the walls of Jericho, you know, he could have done the same thing. After one or two days, he's like, God, we're walking around; it's not working out. Uh, What's what's going on? But he's like, No, I know. God said to walk seven days. We're gonna walk seven days, and then even if it doesn't happen after seven days, it's okay because God's still God. You know, it's like that's like the kind of attitude that Joshua always had. He's like, you know, I don't. God said to do this, and I'm going to do this, and he'll show up. And even if he doesn't, it's okay. I, I still know that he's God. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to fight and whine. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And and we know how that story ends. You know, on the seventh day, they walk around seven times. They cry out, and the walls fall down. And it's like, whoa, God, you're awesome. Look at this. Look at all these miracles that you're doing. Even when uh, Joshua, when he was the head of Israel, they went through a lot of battles. It says they defeated uh, 31 kings as he, as he was the head of Israel. They defeated 31 kingdoms, and and, and they only lost one battle. And even that one battle that, that they lost, it, it went after they lost it, Joshua isn't like, oh, well, God took his hand away, and we're going to. No, he's like, okay, if we lost this battle, there's a reason that we lost this battle. Some Somebody probably sinned. Somebody probably did something wrong because this doesn't make sense of God. God wouldn't do something like this, so it's got to be one of us. you know. When, and, it's like, and it's like you see this difference when, when uh, something wrong would go with, with, with Moses. All of a sudden his hands would go down and he'd complain. With Joshua, when something goes wrong, automatically he looks at himself and he looks at the people behind him. He looks at the people that he's in charge of and he's like, okay, something is wrong with us. Not something's wrong with God, something's wrong with us we got to fix it. We got to figure out where this problem is. We got to figure out why we lost this battle. And and we know that story of Achan. We read it not too long ago in our Bible plans where where Achan takes gold and he takes possessions that he should not have during a battle and because of that sin Israel Israel uh was defeated in in the battle of I don't even know how to pronounce it, A-I-I, whatever. They lost in that battle because of him. And then what happens? And then Joshua is like, okay, sanctify yourselves, and tomorrow we're going to figure out why why we lost. And they cast lots. Have no clue what that means. They cast lots, and then they somehow pick out, and they're like, okay, Achan, we figured out that you did it. Just, I'm going to ask God what lots are when I get to heaven. Because it says they cast lots for Jesus' clothes. They cast lots for this. It's like... I want to cast lots for stuff. And, 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 he's like, and he's like, you know, Achan, what did you do? I'm going to give you an opportunity to repent, even though it's too late now. But have, you know, some decency and, and tell us what you did wrong. And, and Achan explains, like, yeah, I took the gold that I wasn't supposed to. And, and what does Joshua do? Joshua could have, could have interceded for him. He could have said, well, God, you know, he repented. Please forgive him. No, but he had a different approach. He's like, grab him, grab his family, burn them all, stone them, get rid of them, kill them. I'm thinking, what what kind of reaction is this? That's kind of crazy. It's like, what are you doing? But you understand that the reason he does this is is because he understood that principle that if you give Satan a little bit of leeway, he's going to take everything. And Joshua understood that. That's why as soon as he found that out, he got rid of it completely. He wiped it off so that it didn't even have a chance to grow. It didn't even have a chance to produce anything. It was cut at the roots right there. You know, we see this difference in in the characters of of Moses and Joshua. We see like this, I don't know, I see this vivid difference between them. And and, uh, and then if we skip a couple of, of books ahead to the book of Numbers, uh, chapter chapters thirteen and, and fourteen. In chapter thirteen, we there's the story about how uh, Moses sends out twelve spies to to look into the land of Israel, and he sends one person for, from each tribe. and 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 those people were Joshua and Caleb that we know, and then some other ten bums. And and you know they come back, and and they're like, you know, ten of them are like Moses. The land is amazing. It's fantastic. It's the most amazing land we've ever seen. But there's giants, and we can't go in there and 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 then we we know Joshua and Caleb. they were like Moses, we saw that same land. we saw those same giants, but if God is with us, we can get that land right now. We don't need to wait forty years. we don't need to do anything. We can go get it right now because those giants are big, but our God, but our God is bigger. They're strong, but our God is stronger, and our God is able. And He, I know that He can help us defeat them because we saw how He, how He parted the Red Sea. We saw how He, how how there was this this pillar of fire walking, uh, moving in front of us. We saw all these miracles. We saw how He turned the, the 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 the, is it the Jordan River, the Nile River, into blood before our eyes. We saw all these miracles. We saw how frogs came out of everywhere and, pla- and all these ten plagues. We know our God is able, and 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 then. And then another moment where Moses fails. He could have said, yes, let's go. Instead, what does he do? He falls flat on his face and he just begins to cry again. And God, please don't kill the people of Israel again. Instead of saying, you know what, let's go get this land. And you know, he's the head. You know, the body follows the head. If he would have made that crazy decision, they're like, you know what? I I know these young men sound like they're crazy, but I I'm crazy too. Let's go get this land, and everybody would have followed behind him. Another moment where he he just he he's it's like he's missing something. It's like he's missing something inside of him, something in his character to 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 push him to to make all these difficult decisions. It's like something's missing to 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 give him that 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 kick that he needs sometimes you know it's like something is missing inside of him to something's missing for him to make these decisions and then we know the 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 10 spies that that gave a bad report they were all killed killed by a plague it's very simple so that you know that moment it's like if you're Moses you're like okay god i i got it you know <laughs> you wanted us to go but <laughs> number 16 a rebellion of there was Korah, Dathan and Abraham and, and they and they rebel against Moses and they say, Moses, who do you think you are? We're all holy, we're all God's people, you're not you're not that much better than us, you're not that much more special than us, and and, and and it's like it comes out and God proves that no Moses is special and you guys are not, and God's like, Okay, Moses, move away, you and Aaron, I'm gonna destroy these people and I'm gonna start over pretty much. And then Moses is the same way and he's like, God, hold on, don't destroy them and the way I always used to look at that is was like, man, that's a great sign. He's standing up for the people of Israel. I'm like, this is crazy. But uh, from, from another hand, you look at it and you're like, well, why didn't you trust God enough? You know, God knew what he was doing. You know, I'm sure God didn't need you to tell him that, God, you're not being faithful to the promise that you made to Abraham. You know, God doesn't have moments where he does something and then he's like, oops, I forgot. God doesn't have those moments. God knows what he's doing. Even if we would have left one woman and one man from the tribe of Judah, he would have done that, and he would have stayed faithful to every single promise. You know, and uh, and Moses, instead instead of just being submissive to God and saying, God, please don't do this, but, you know, let your will be done. And they all died anyways. Thank you. All two million. Except two. You know you see this difference in character, and the more I read this, the more I'm like, man, this is a strong quality to have inside of you, and this is something that that you need inside of you if you want to survive. You need these to you need strength and you need courage, you need these two things if you want to survive in this world that's like built against us and that's fighting against us all the time. And then in numbers chapter 20. From verse 1, it says, Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. I want to pause right there. It says, the people stayed in Kadesh. Now, the word Kadesh, in the Hebrew language, it means holy. just want us to keep that in mind. And now there was no water for the congregation. So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. And the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If we only had died when our brethren died before the Lord, why have you brought, us, why have you brought up the assembly? And they're saying, you know, we want water to drink and we want food. And Egypt was so amazing. We had all these amazing things. And, 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 and here there's nothing. And Moses and Aaron went away from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And they fell on their face, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And then God says, take this rod and gather the congregation together and speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. And thus you will bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to them. Then Moses took the rock. Then in verse 10, Moses is saying, hear now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out, and the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land. It says, Because you did not believe in me to hollow me in front of the people of Israel. It's not that you were rebellious. It's not that you hit the rock. It's that you failed to show my holiness to the people of Israel. That's why you won't enter. And if we remember, the place that they're in, Kadesh, it means holy. You know, they didn't have the English language and, you know, they're translating it to Hebrew. They had Hebrew. This place, the name of this place is holy. You're in a place called holy. And God says, your big sin is you failed to show my holiness to the people that are around you. And then later on in the last verse, it says, and th- this was the the water, and because the children of Israel contended with the Lord, and he was hollowed among them. So it's interesting. So God was still hollowed among them. God was still shown as holy among them. But the problem was Moses wasn't the one that showed God to be holy. So God is still going to be holy, and it doesn't matter what you do, He will still be holy. You know, the question today is, are you choosing to hollow Him in front of the people that are around you? You know, are you making those decisions that show that God is holy to the people around you? You know, holy is who He is. It doesn't matter what we do, it doesn't matter what you do, He will remain holy. There's nothing that we can do to stop that. He will be holy. The question is, are we going to show Him as holy? You know, that's what Moses' big sin was. He failed to show God holy in the place called holy. You know, as he, because of that, we know, because of of, of, of or actually because, sorry, I forgot to mention, because when, when the, the story of all the spies, because the people of Israel didn't go into the land, that's the reason why they had to walk around for 40 years. And Mo- and even back then, it's, it's interesting. Even back then, God tells him, He's like, nobody will enter the land except Joshua and Caleb. Right there, He says it. He didn't say Joshua, Caleb, Moses, and Aaron. It's really, it's really interesting, actually, how how they kind of missed that. You know, if I was Moses, I would have been like, God, you forgot to mention my name. Jo- just Joshua and Caleb. But He says only Joshua and Caleb with, and then, will. And and here we see the, this 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 Pretty much this big sin of Moses wasn't even rebellion. That's what I always thought it was. I thought, well, God told him to speak and he hit the rock twice. That was his big mistake. He was disobedient. But if you read the words of God, it's, he failed to, to hollow him, to, to show him as holy. And then we're going to run quickly through. And then after that, you know, they live and they walk in the desert and they walk. And then, and then we go back to the beginning where, where Moses is speaking to Joshua. And then Joshua chapter 1, we're going to run really quickly through the life of Joshua. And then we're going to pray. In Joshua chapter 1, verse verse 6, and this is already God just straight speaking to Joshua. He says, Be strong and courageous. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And then verse 18. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command them shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So now this, it's not Moses speaking. This is God speaking to Joshua. This is his first words to Joshua. He's saying, be strong and courageous. He repeats it three times, the same phrase. It says, be strong and courageous. So it's not just something that Moses says anymore. It's something that God is speaking into his life now. Then in, in, uh, in chapter 3 of Joshua, this is when they're crossing the Jordan. And then, in and in verse seven, the Lord says to Joshua, "This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you." So it's interesting. It's even you you see that 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 God takes this person, and he's gonna, he's the one who begins to exalt him. And then we see all these miracles, very similar miracles, if you think about it, to the things that God did through Moses. They crossed the 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 the. The Jordan, the Jordan River. Then in, in chapter 6, we already heard about the walls of Jericho, how they fell down. And then in Joshua chapter 10, we, we read about how, how they were fighting. And then Joshua points up at the sun and he says, Son, be still. And the sun was still. And it says, that's ne- and it says in the Bible that, that, has never, and that God has never heeded to a man's voice. Like that moment when he heeded to the voice of Joshua. And I began to think, you know, Moses, when he was interceding for the people of Israel, there was a moment where God says, okay, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to destroy the people. So he heeded to the voice of Moses. But this, uh, but, but this chapter and this verse in the Bible says that there was never a moment like this when God has heeded to the voice of a man, like when he listened to Joshua. And the sun was still. The sun stopped moving. If the sun stopped moving, that means the whole universe stopped moving. Everything stopped moving. Time froze. You would literally look at your phone and the seconds would stop moving on your phone. This has never happened except that one time. And for some reason, Joshua was the... I I dare somebody tomorrow go outside and try to tell the sun to stop, even for a second. If anybody can do it, I will give you my iPad. Make the sun stop. Make the whole universe stop. And then call the smartest scientist and be like, Explain that, genius. You have to do this whole thing, okay? All the universe stood still. In in that same chapter, chapter ten and verse twenty-five. Now this is where it gets very interesting. In chapter ten, verse twenty five, it says. Then Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. For thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. So it's interesting, this, this phrase he's heard from Moses. He's heard from God. He probably heard this phrase his whole life. He's probably sick and tired of this phrase. Every morning he wakes up and he's thinking of this phrase. Every night he goes to sleep and he's thinking of this phrase. And he heard this phrase so much that it became a part of his character. And when his character is revealed, he begins to speak to the people of Israel and he begins to preach to them the message that God gave him for his own life. He says, be strong and courageous because our God will do to our enemies what he just did to these people. This, 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 these two qualities, it's like they became a part of who he was. These, when I think of Joshua, these, this, those are the first two words that come into my mind. See, he was strong and he was courageous. In, in chapter 12, it, 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 from verses 7 to 24, it names all the 31 kings that he defeated. And, uh, uh, and then in the end, at the end of his life, in chapter 24, in verse 15, He's pretty much standing before all of Israel, and he's like, "Okay, people, listen. I'm gonna die, and you guys can't serve God because you're not holy." And they're and they're telling him, they're like, "No, no, 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 no. We're we're gonna serve God," and he says, "No, you can't serve God because I know who you are. You're not able to serve Him." They're like, no, 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 Joshua, we promise we'll serve him. And he's like, "Uh, you guys will not serve God. You guys will not listen to him. You guys will not be obedient. I don't care what you do. And then he says those famous words. He says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And And then, you know, at the end they're like, no, 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 we'll listen, we'll listen, and we'll be good. And he's like, okay, you know, the blood's on your own hands. You guys said it. You guys have to stay faithful to your promises. And you know, you know what I, when I always read the scripture, you know what I think of? I think of when I come out to an altar call. And 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 I tell God something, and I say, "Yeah, God, I'll follow you." You know, at that point, when you when you, when you speak it, if you go back and you keep doing the same thing, that's a scary place to be, and if you're not fighting with with whatever you came up here for, this is a scary place to be, because your own blood is on your hands. You're responsible for those words that you spoke when you came out here. You're responsible for that promise that you made to God when you were here. That promise that you made to God when you were in the in the lowest of lowest situations in your life. You're responsible for those promises that you made when when you were in the best moments of your life and you're like, "Wow, God, everything's amazing. I'm going to praise you and worship you forever and 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 do all these crazy things." You're responsible for your own words. When 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 you speak them. And those words that Joshua said, he said, "As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord." It's like any Christian person's house that you go to, it's going to be hanging up somewhere on the wall or on the floor mat or somewhere. It says, "But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord." Well, those is a simple phrase that he says. That that if, if you're just reading the Bible, you you'll even miss it. You know, Joshua doesn't get a lot of attention. He he's kind of like always in the background. He's 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 you know we have the greats. You know, we have Elijah, we uh, we have Moses, we have you know in our youth, we have Isaiah, we have all, the, all these people that we constantly talk about. Joshua is somewhere in the background always. But you read about him and all these things that God did through him and, and, and all these decisions that he made and how at the end of the same chapter it says, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. It says in his whole life Israel served God. And even after he died, the elders who stayed in their whole lives, Israel stayed faithful to God. And, and you realize, man, there's something special about this man of God. And you come back to those same two words. This is what he had. He had strength and he had courage. That's why we, we read about him and we read all these amazing stories today. That's why, that's why, he, you, you, that's why Israel was able to make it into the promised land when they couldn't for some reason under Moses. You know, he was the one that was able to take these people and bring them to the land where they were supposed to be. That's what a leader does. Now, that's what a true leader does. He takes what God has given him and he does what God wants. You know, that's what I want for my life. And that's what I want for all of our lives. And I just want us to stand up right now and we're just going to begin to pray.